Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. My next guest has more than 20 years of experience in the development and application of building energy and environmental performance analytics software to the design, construction, and operation of higher performance and more sustainable buildings. Please welcome Ian Malloy. Product and Engineering Manager of AEC Generative Design for Autodesk. Ian, welcome to the show. Hi, Peggy. Thank you. Hey, Ian, we're, we're thrilled to have you with us here today. And, you know, we've been talking about sustainability, and it's, it's really interesting when you talk about what's happening in the construction industry because there's a lot of great things happening. And Autodesk has, you know, just done some amazing things in the space. But I'm curious from your perspective, because you have so much experience in this, what, what do you think has been some of those most important trends that you think when we talk about sustainability in construction? Because you've had experience a lot, and you've contributed to it a lot in your years of, of seeing it. Well, what's your thoughts? Right. Well, well I think to, to start off, it's not necessarily a, a technology per se, but at, at a, a very high level, a huge breakthrough nonetheless and very recent too, so I think it's worth starting there. On the policy front, we've just seen the ratification of COP21 Paris Agreement, all to limit carbon emissions. And then right on the heels of that, this week an amendment to the Montreal Protocol, again uh, for phasing down hydrofluorocarbons uh, to the uh, reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And these are just two examples, and granted very big ones, but there is policy changing at all levels, from governments to cities to owners. And naturally, that's going to really accelerate the move towards sustainability, uh, really being the new business as usual. And, and that, in turn, is going to sort of spur a lot more technological innovation. Um, I know I'm not alone in saying this, but you know, we, we already are knee-deep in so much technology that we can already do uh, an awful lot better uh, with buildings and construction. So while new technologies, um, pick whatever you want, IoT, robots, 3D printing, nanotech, AI, uh, they all have huge potential, but it is worth recognizing where we are uh, today. I think that if I was to pick one, um, the one category I would pick is anything that can uh, feed into or draw from the growing availability of data, which can be used to inform better decisions. I think that's really critical because otherwise we're just completely flying blind and we don't know we don't know what better is, we don't know what sustainability is. So that's an interesting point that you make right there. So I guess what I want to understand with all of this is is it the idea that technology for technology's sake is what we always say is not the key. It's the idea that you just kind of kind of weaved in there that we want to pull out a little bit. It's about the data that you can get because we can have carbon emissions, greenhouse gases, understanding all that when we want all this and, we, and we, we have all these regulations we have to achieve. But it's understanding and getting the right data to achieve all those objectives that's really very critical. And that's kind of what you kind of said through all of that. But we can use technology as only critical if we're able to achieve through the data that's in that. So kind of go back to that a little bit because you said something really powerful in there that I think is really critical because just using data, I mean, using technology isn't going to help us if we don't understand the data that's behind all that. Right. That's absolutely right. Uh, and, you know, 
I think that the, um, the, the this, this, I mean, we've been building passive buildings since, you know, we lived in caves, right, um, and high-performing buildings. And I think that, you know, with the invention of things like air conditioning and heating, we got very used to those comforts. But then, of course, you know, when they become uh, commoditized, the performance of them um, uh, has improved. But, of course, we're not looking at the building as a sort of a whole system. Uh, and, and there's tremendous opportunity to optimize the building as a whole. And really, data is a critical part of that. And yes, we can, we can achieve much higher levels of performance which mu with much simpler concepts, simpler uh, uh, control strategies and things like that. So when you talk about that, it leads me to that question then, what are some of those misconceptions that people have about sustainable construction then? Because it sounds like we're talking about things and we get lost in the sustainable discussion so maybe we should say, what are we thinking that we should be doing that's really not what we should be doing, but we should be understanding more important things. So are there some misconceptions we have out there about sustainability, sustainability in well, general? Right, right, absolutely. Now, of course, it depends on who you talk to. But I think, first of all, the biggest one is that it costs more to be sustainable. Um, uh, and, and it certainly can and will if you look at it as a sort of a series of separate measures or add-ons, like I'm going to add some solar panels or something like that. And don't get me wrong, that's still a great thing to do. Um, but if we look again at the building uh, and, and, and buildings in a much more integrated way, sustainability, and this has been proven, you know, can be achieved uh, at same cost or less cost. A perfect example is, uh, for example, the, the, the trade-off between higher performing building envelope or higher performing HVAC systems. And in fact, if the right sort of decisions are made early on in the design process by an architect around how a building is sited and oriented and how it's shaded and the materials they select, um, it can obviously significantly reduce the need for uh, HVAC uh, uh, equipment. And therefore, you know, in, in many cases, that alone will pay for those measures uh, or even uh, free of more space in the building, more letable space. So, so again, looking at it as a whole system as opposed to individual parts is really key. I think so the other. We, so, go so, ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. The other thing I think is that there's also a perception of it has to be an all or nothing thing. Like, for example, if it's not net zero, it's not worth talking about. And, and that's really not the case. I think the opportunity really is on a project by project, client by client, and market by market sort of basis that there's really an opportunity to maximize the sort of uh, economic, social, and environmental outcomes within each of their constraints. And I think that's that this process of it's really a journey of continuous improvement and not a sort of a destination. So I guess what I want to go back then to take your data discussion and how do you apply that data to make this journey kind of thing and not a destination and market by market that you mentioned? Because if, if I'm listening to this discussion, how do you make the right decisions then that you just described incorporating that data comment that you made because I think we have these misconceptions but I'm trying to help our listeners understand that it isn't that all or nothing so how do you know how do you use this data that we talked about for understanding with HVAC that you mentioned I mean because it's overwhelming again to say I'm back to where I was in the beginning of not understanding how do I know that I'm not, it's still the same misconceptions we started out with the first discussion, you know, right. first, the question that we asked. Right, right. Well, I, th I think as an industry, we, we are still very much sort of at the early days of really determining that. Uh, you know, beyond the basic sustainability is hard to define. 
But there are a couple of initiatives in the industry uh, that I think are really worth highlighting that, and at Autodesk we, we really fully support. Uh, the first one is uh, something called the 2030 Challenge. Uh, this basically asks design firms to aim for increasing levels of carbon emission reductions all the way to carbon neutral by 2030. So today the target is 70% reduction over a, a 2003 baseline, and it increases. And already, you know, 80% of the top 10 and 70% of the top 20 AE firms have adopted this voluntary challenge. So that's one thing, it's just in recognizing action needs to be taken. On top of that, the uh, American Institute of Architects have taken the initiative to do something called the 2030 Commitment, which is essentially uh, 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 reporting on your progress against the 2030 challenge. And that's now for the first time really giving us data from the very earliest stages in the design process through to operation um, on, on, on where the industry is at and, and how we're doing. Uh, and, you know, that, that's, that recent report came out. They publish a report every year, and that shows where we're at. We're still clearly in transition. But we now do at least have the data, and we're able to see that, yes, more needs to be done. Uh, but, but a critical part of this as well, of course, uh, specifically for energy at least around the 2030 challenge, is of course energy analysis of buildings. And that's something we've made significantly easier over the last uh, few years in particular, now being able to do that directly from design documentation um, with, with building information modeling and so on. Are, in that discussion, the, the commitment, are we making progress? Are, are you seeing that doing that challenge that construction companies are feeling now they're going in the right direction? I think, you know, if you ask me, I, could all, I would always say I think we could be doing more. I think everyone would agree with that. We are making progress. I mean, I think the first piece of progress is we are now starting to get this base of data, which will, you know, help us, you know, in the future more. Um, but, no, I mean, through, that Autodesk, we, you know, we obviously work with sort of everybody in the industry, and we're seeing more and more firms already on this path have recognized that this is, you know, not just something to comply with, but, but, but an opportunity to do better. It's good business. And that's definitely, definitely happening. And we're seeing it increasingly in some of the smaller firms looking for a, a, a more of a competitive edge or who are that little bit more agile in their ability to react to these different changes in the market. So we're definitely getting there. And as I said, the main thing is we're starting to generate the data in design and connect it to the data in operation and be able to close the gap between the two. Well, I have to tell you, Ian, it's interesting to hear that we're making progress because I think any time the construction industry can make progress in doing that, it, it, it's exciting. Ian, thank you so much from Autodesk being with us because I think we'd love to have you come back and talk to us more about this because any time we could talk about sustainability and improving, I think it's wonderful. wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Peggy. Thank you. All right, listeners, we're out of time for this segment, but I think any time that you can improve and, and sustainable construction, I think we're going in the right direction. But we're out of time for this segment, but stick around. We've got more to talk about right here on ConExpo, ConAg. But more importantly, we want you to sign up for the Expo, which is going to be next year, March 7th through the 11th. If you haven't signed up yet, please do, because if you sign up now, you can save as much as 40% if you register before January 13th. And if you haven't signed up for our 365 newsletter, please do by going up to our website right now at conexpoconag.com. But stick around. We've got more coming to you right now from the website here and uh, on the radio at Conexpo Conag, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here. We'll be right back right after this commercial break.
Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at conexpoconag.com slash future and join us as we take this to the next level. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Identity theft costs over $20 billion a year. When was the last time you changed all of your passwords? Don't be a victim. The nonprofit Securing Our E-City Foundation is here to support you. They serve individuals, families, seniors, businesses, and nonprofits throughout San Diego, helping to make a safer cyber experience for all. For more information, visit securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Has your business been appified? Are you tired of doing marketing that doesn't deliver results? Mobile apps build loyalty and quality retention. Your app from UPG Mobile puts your business on their mind and at their fingertips. UPG Mobile will give you a custom app highlighting how you are unique, targeting your message, and improving your open rates. Appify your business and amplify your presence with your customers at upgmobilemarketinggroup.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're at a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Ulcher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting TheReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to TheReinventionWorkshop.com. That's TheReinventionWorkshop.com. 